Welcome to Rocktail Hour, an hour's worth of rockin' good time in about 15 minutes with your buddies Tim, Treg, and Michael, three old guys that are a testament to the fact that rock and roll keeps you young. In each Rocktail Hour, we bring you our favorite stories behind the greatest rock and roll tunes of all time and other interesting musings about the music and the rockers who inspire us. This episode of the Rocktail Hour is sponsored by The Trip, Gigmaster's number one rock cover band in the U.S. for the last four years. Find The Trip from the link on our website or at meetthetrip.com. In this Rocktail Hour, Treg is going to bring us the story behind Sweet Emotion by Aerosmith. Thanks, Michael. This is a great song by Aerosmith. Well-liked by almost everybody. Uh, You can sing along with it. It's a fantastic song. It's off of Toys in the Attic, which is their 1975 album, and it was Aerosmith's first top 40 hit. You know, I I learned just recently that uh, after the release of Sweet Emotion and the the popularity of it, that they re-released Dream On, which had been released earlier, a few years earlier, and that became their biggest hit. When, you know, but it was it was upon the re-release that that Dream On became mm-hmm. such a big hit. I've been reading uh, Steven Tyler's memoirs recently. Quite interesting. This is a guy who says that when he was born, he knew that he wanted to be a rock star, and that's all he wanted to do his whole life. He knew he was destined to be a rock star, and he made it happen. Sweet Emotion is written by Stephen Tallarico, which is the real name for Stephen Tyler. That was his given name. And when he was young, because he had this dream to be a rock star, he used to walk around imitating Mick Jagger. He would talk in a Cockney accent. He, he was, grew up in New Hampshire, but he would walk around with a Cockney accent, and he would convince people that he was Mick Jagger's brother, and he said it worked pretty well, and it got him into some shows and a few things. Even when he was young, he began dressing in flamboyant clothes, He mentions that he even got sent home on a couple of occasions because uh, his clothing was so outrageous. Flamboyant is such a great word. (laughs) I'm just saying. Okay. (laughs) Uh, You know, later, even his own band members would tease him about the way that he dressed. Sometimes they would say, do they make that outfit for guys? (laughs) (laughs) Really? Just the band members or (laughs) anybody that's ever seen him? (laughs) But he, he, he had them all dressing in the same type of clothes for photo shoots, uh, for album covers and mm-hmm. things like that. So I guess he got the last laugh. His family owned a vacation resort in Sunapee, New Hampshire, which is a resort town. And uh, he used to play in bands and clubs around and events around town, around that area. Uh, he was the drummer and a lead singer for the various bands that he played in. Uh, he also played a lot in New York with some of these bands, spent a lot of time in Long Island playing. But he knew uh, that in order to be a real rock star that he needed a brother. Like the Kinks, you've got Ray and Dave Davies and the Everly Brothers. The Rolling Stones, Keith and Mick, he equated to brothers. Uh, Townsend and Daltrey with The Who, he equated to be brothers. And he knew that he just couldn't be the type of rock star he wanted without a brother. And then one day he says he met Joe Perry. And uh, it's interesting the way he describes the moment. It's like this huge epiphany the day that Joe Perry drives up to his his parents' vacation resort. And uh, it's like the stories that we would tell about meeting our wives for the first time. It's that kind of an experience for him. Every detail he remembers so well. Well, Joe Perry was playing in a band and invited Stephen to come and listen to them that night. They were playing locally. So Stephen went and he sat in the audience with, with Joe Perry's girlfriend, Alyssa. And he said that they played the first couple of songs and they sounded horrible. They were out of tune and they were off key. They couldn't sing. And and he was kind of embarrassed for them a little bit. And then 
Joe Perry got rocking on a guitar solo, and he just said it was just a magical moment. He was blown away by how good he was on guitar. And he got so excited by seeing how great Joe Perry was that he knew, this is my brother. And so he immediately uh, worked hard in order to form this new band that he knew would, would bring them all stardom. It's interesting the way that he describes uh, the relationship with, with Joe Perry. He, he calls him his brother. He calls him his mutant twin or his demon brother. Uh, he contrasts the two of them. He says, Joe is totally cool. He's the ultimate rock god. And yet Stephen was a hot-blooded Italian. So they got together with a couple of other guys. They formed a band and they moved to Boston because and very quickly they moved to Boston and they moved into an apartment together. This had always been a huge dream of Steven Tyler to live in the same place with his band so that they could share everything together. They could work on music around the clock and, and just be buddies the whole time. They needed a name for their band. So they, they were tossing around some names, and Joey Kramer, who was the drummer, suggested Aerosmith, spelled A-R-R-O-W-S-M-I-T-H, after the Sinclair Lewis novel of the same name. So Stephen had an idea to call the name Aerosmith, A-E-R-O. He said that the name evoked space and aerodynamics, supersonic thrust and the sound barrier, and that's the name that stuck. So you got these four guys that are all living together in an apartment in Boston, scraping to, to, uh, to try and pay the rent and pay for groceries, uh, playing all the gigs that they could at uh, clubs, and, and they played a lot of high school and college events. As you can imagine, there was a lot of tension uh, among the group. You know, four guys in their teens, late teens and early 20s, all living together. But Stephen thought it was great because this tension fueled their creativity and it continued to push them to each of them to do better and better. He thinks that some of their best music was written at 2 a.m. in the morning. One of the things that caused tension was that Stephen describes himself as a perfectionist and he was constantly uh, pushing the other guys to become better. Um, he had been a drummer and so he pushed Joey Kramer in particular uh, to be a better drummer. He used to sit there and they would mimic each other. He would try and teach Joey Kramer some, some things on the drum. Steven uh, Tyler was also very controlling. You know, he's a perfectionist and he knows the sound that he wants and he, he knows uh, how he wants them to all work together. And so, as you can imagine, not, they, they all didn't respond to that very well and there were some classic uh, fights that they had among the band. So Stephen describes in his memoir that he was finally living his dream. He was fronting an amazing band that was gaining a lot of popularity in the area. He was playing with his brother, Joe Perry, and they were living together as a band. It's what he always wanted. Then Joe moved in with his girlfriend, Alyssa Jarrett. This was disastrous for Stephen. He'd seen how women had broken up other bands like the Beatles, and he feared that that might happen to them. So Stephen said in his memoirs, he describes uh, his feelings after... Uh, Joe Perry moved out and moved in with his girlfriend that he was extremely angry. He felt like he was losing his brother and he was jealous of Alyssa. Um, he felt that Joe had abandoned him and that uh, he came to care more for his girlfriend than he did for the band. So he says he took his anger and his jealousy out on Alyssa and put it into the song Sweet Emotion, which he said he pointed directly at Alyssa. In particular, he mentions the first couple of verses in, his, in the song, you talk about things that nobody cares. You're wearing out things that nobody wears. Calling my name, but I gotta make clear, I can't tell you, honey, where I'll be in a year. So that's the story behind the lyrics. It was uh, anger at 
a woman breaking up the band, so he thought, so he feared. The music was based on the bass line that Tom Hamilton came up with, and Steven Tyler wrote the lyrics. And they put the song together in a jam session. Uh, at the very beginning of the song, Joe Perry used a talk box to create the distorted vocal sounds. Love that part. The beginning of the song is a repeating electric bass riff tracking alongside the bass marimba played by Jay Messina. Eventually, Steven Tyler joins in with the, the guitar talk box and is singing in unison with uh, Joe Perry's talk box. And then the song kicks into a more of a rocking rhythm with dueling guitars and rapid-fire, angry-sounding lyrics. So did Joe Perry know that Steven Tyler was writing this song about his girlfriend and that it was uh, you know, dealing with his personal anger? I don't know if he ever told him. I'm sure he knew, knew at some point. I don't know if he knew at that time. Treg, I really like Steven Tyler. I like Steven Tyler more than I like Aerosmith, and I think Aerosmith is great, but Steven Tyler, to me, is clearly one of the greatest frontmen of rock and roll history. Certainly in America. I'd say number, well, in the top two in America. Yeah, I won't argue with you there. I think he uh, is one of the most talented people, and he's clearly a showman. You know, And there's times when somebody's a great singer, uh, a great songwriter, but they're not necessarily a showman. Uh, he is one of the greats. Now, got to bring out the elephant that's in the room and talk a little bit about American Idol. Um, I blogged on our website about this. In fact, it was the first thing that uh, I, I blogged about on our website is the fact that, you know, here's this rock and roll legend, somebody we all admire and we look up to, and, and he's seriously going to be the next judge on American Idol. I will willingly admit that I did watch some of American Idol, but it's not something that, that keeps my interest. I did watch him a few times, and primarily going through those... Uh, you know, first round auditions before they got to the semifinals and finals in Hollywood. Very impressed by the way that he handled himself. He was an absolute gentleman uh, to those people. Very nice. I, I don't recall, at least in the episodes that I saw, that he was acerbic or mean or, you know, like Simon Cowell, just, just rude for the sake of being rude. I did hear him give some constructive criticism, but he always seemed, you know, like a gentleman to me. What I also noticed about Steven Tyler, which was very impressive, is he would spontaneously burst into song. And you can, <laughs> you can tell when somebody is a consummate singer, and he was. I mean, there was never a time that he would burst into song that he didn't sound like he was in a recording studio. And, and that, to me, firmly um, cemented in my mind what a great singer he was, because whether he was just kind of riffing on his own with 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 lyrics or or singing along with another contestant i mean he was always pitch perfect and and it sounded like he was singing off an album so incredible incredible singer a lot of talent i will admit that i watched a little bit of american idol because he was on it and i wanted yeah. to see his reaction and and i i felt that the comments that he gave to people were right on point you know, Jake, something I found fascinating about your Rocktail Hour is that it always struck me that, that Tyler was very similar to Jagger in that kind of feminine uh, kind of sultriness that, uh, I mean, really quite feminine. It was fascinating to see that that was deliberate, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, that he was actually imitating Jagger, right. carried it off and made it his own, but uh, certainly you can see that its roots were were self-consciously and in, in, in imitating. Yeah. yeah. Our sponsor, The Trip, plays an amazing cover of Sweet Emotion. This is one song that they nail. 
Well, thanks, Treg, for bringing us that excellent Rocktail Hour on Sweet Emotion by Aerosmith. Again, we would like to thank our sponsor, The Trip, the best rock cover band in America. Watch the promotional videos, listen to the demos, and see for yourself the amazing talent and energy that they can bring to your next event. Contact them through their website at meetthetrip.com or follow the link on our website. Please email us at dudes at rocktailhour.com if you think we got it all wrong, if you have an interesting rock tale of your own, or if you have a recommendation of a song that would be a good subject for Rocktail Hour. If you think we're just lame, please keep that to yourself. Also, please contact us if you want to buy the next round in an upcoming Rocktail Hour by becoming a sponsor, and please visit our Facebook page and like us. Until the next Rocktail Hour, rock on. Rock on.